Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and Welcome to D3 Nation. Jason, why don't you run us down your schedule a little bit? Where, where you been and where you going? Uh, it's, it's, it's nice to finally have some work again because once the world ended March 12, 2020, uh, I didn't, I worked one high school event in Minnesota outside, and then I went down to Iowa for the uh, the night of conflict through I Russell down in Sioux City, and that's like you know that's like August September, and then or I don't even know maybe late August early November. I can't even remember the dates. Then I was down in uh, I, Coralville where we're going to be this coming weekend for the U.S. Open. Then back there a week or two later for the Hawkeye Throwdown, uh, and then you had to go to January before I did it in an event. And I went to Little Rock twice to do their their quad and their try, and it, that's that's all I've had. And normally I'm doing 15, 20 events in that span there. There would be a world championships in there. Oh, well, this year would have been in Olympics in there. So to be busy again is nice. So I have been, I've been little rock twice in January and then, okay. Month of February was, was pretty, pretty blank. Then I get a call. Uh, somebody reached out to me on Facebook and was interested in finding somebody to do the Mac for ESPN plus. And I'm like, look at my schedule. I'm like, it works. Uh, one of my one of my groomsmen lives in uh, in Westfield, New Jersey. So I flew into Newark, got to see them for a little bit. Socially distanced, of course. Don't want to freak anybody out. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sprayed up. Uh, had an opportunity. Uh, there, there's a there's a a place in Jersey called Frenchies. That's a big wrestling place that they they hand out this like when you come in the door. It's like, hey, welcome to Frenchies, and you you've got this portable spray thing that you can take with you. So they were taking care of it. We're talking wrestling spray in your hands, and then uh, so I did the MAC championships. Came back, turn around, went to Wichita on thursday to uh, announce the naia championships which it was one of the most crazy team races i've ever seen in my life uh, no pun intended with the winner life uh, life edged <laughs> grandview by you know five points and if you look at the course of the brackets it was like it, it was the wackiness that we're used to seeing in division three with one seeds going down earlier so you know returning finalists going two and q i mean it was it was absolutely wild, and then to see because uh, we'll, we'll I'll I'll get deeper into that team race here in a minute, but that, it was just a crazy weekend. Get a five thirty flight home on Sunday. I'm back home by eight a.m. on a Sunday, uh, having breakfast with my wife and kids, uh, sitting there doing my crossword, realizing I'm leaving my cell phone in the uh, in the lift. Had to wait till about noon to get that back, so that was a little bit uh, harrowing. And then turn around and I'll, I'll drive down to Coralville, Iowa on Thursday. So it's about a five hour drive for me. Uh, just outside of that, I can't fly range. So um, with the NCAA canceling it, the NWCA called and said, would I be willing to do that? And I said, yes, I'll be announcing with John Peterson, who is, uh, he was a guy I've voiced people in Minnesota have heard for a while, spent a lot of time working with St. Cloud State, has also been a sideline or a mat side guy at the Division One Championships. Uh, so you, you're, you'll be, a, there'll be a voice you recognize other than mine down there. So we'll do that, and then I'll come back Sunday, depending on what time we stop uh, Saturday night. If it's if it's within a reasonable drive, and I can get back home sun, uh, before Sunday, uh, you know, then turn around and then bang out the rest of my D1 preview guide because I have to leave on Tuesday because of COVID testing for Division One. 
And so I'll be in, in a hotel for numerous days in St. Louis uh, in a bubble. Pretty much uh, me and me and Brian Hazard will, will, will be best of friends if we weren't already. So uh, that's pretty much. And then, then after D1s, you get a week off. I usually take that week off. I, I, I write down all the great stories that I need to come out with short time. And then I will head to head to Texas. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. They also the U.S. OPC needs to do testing and such. So I'll go down to Texas two weeks after nationals and, and announce the Olympic trials. So it is it, it, it went from being not busy to being busy. And this is this is kind of where I thrive. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I worked on a news desk for, for eight years. So deadlines are not a problem for me. Matter of fact, it, it's, it's something that when you have to tear up a newspaper page that you've worked four hours on. And then there's a no hitter going into the ninth and you have to tear up your whole page in 15 minutes to prepare for that. Or you don't, it's uh, you know, chaos, organized chaos and, and, and a little bit of uh, uncertainty is kind of where I thrive. So that's, that's the, the next couple of weeks and the past couple of weeks and really how, how my event schedule went from full to pretty much nothing the last 2020 to thankfully January, 2021, I started getting some events again. Awesome. Yeah. Like you said, busy is good, especially with all the silence in the wrestling world. Now it's starting to really pick up. And, you know, obviously we're going to get into the NWCA Division Three brackets here, but just to touch on a little bit more about the NAIs and talk about chaos. I mean, just straight chaos from the first round to the finals. Grandview was going for their historic 10th title and uh, Grandview alumni ended the streak at life. He, he uh, Omni Acosta, he's the head coach at life. And, you know, I mean, going into that, finals round it was a one point difference uh to just talk about your perspective how how wild that was because you know you had the big 12 team race you had big 10 i felt like that was a really underrated uh wrestling story this past weekend yeah i really i really here's the thing like if you're a college basketball fan there's a good chance there's 351 division one schools that means there's you could probably each year when it comes to march madness you're you're knowing you're going to find something out about the uh, the non-power five schools. You're going to find out something about Moorhead State. You're going to find out something about Grambling. You're going to find out something about, uh, you know, Florida Gulf Coast, which had that good run a couple of years ago. You're, you know, Lord knows you're going to find something out about that school in Richmond or Fairfax that were rivals of my alma mater. I mean, you're going to find things about these schools. So from a wrestling perspective, I feel like if basketball fans can know a little bit about these small schools, we don't have 351 Division One programs. We have we're now over 400. If you count, you, know, you include all styles of varsity wrestling. We've got the women, which are over 80. Now there's enough teams for wrestling fans to be competent and know a little bit about every division. You know, there's, there's, there's 79 division one schools that should not be hard for you to at least name their mascot or their head coach or name one wrestler on their team. Um, I, it's not a competition, but then in, in division two, you should know those teams in division three, you should know more than Augsburg and Wartburg. In, in the NAIA, spell Grandview's freaking name right. It's two words. I mean, these are the, just the little things, I guess it's it's probably me a little inside baseball and, and knowing that I, I believe that there are, uh, there are enough, but in some cases there are few programs, there are few enough programs, and there's more than enough space for wrestling fans to not just be a Division I wrestling fan, uh, not just be an Iowa fan, not just be a Penn State fan, not just be – uh, you know, a, a fan of, of Oklahoma State, you can you can know more about Division three than just Wartburg and Augsburg. Uh, you know, so those are the things that I, I really hope the wrestling community will eventually get around to and realize it's not going to take you any more time to look up something about, you know, CSU Bakersfield, than it will co or Averett or, you know, 
you can all you have to do is look and 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 it's not even that hard to look now with google i mean you just type a name of a school in the word wrestling and it takes you to their roster page their schedule page usually the head coach's bio is one of the first things you see on the results so um when it comes to the nai tournament back to your original question it is it was under the radar and here's the thing life was completely under the radar because for 10 years uh save 2013 it has been grandview and a race for second 2013 did come down to heavyweight when uh you know eric thompson of grandview who was a, a three-time national champion it was actually on the ladder for a little bit uh, he's actually now the nittany lion wrestling club coach um he it came down to him to win if he won grandview won and he was wrestling an opponent that actually beat him during the year from baker uh, i believe his name was brandon gebhardt if, if, if i recall correctly and that was the closest team race between grandview winning it the first time in 2012 to this year and i i didn't even life was not even an afterthought lindsey wilson wasn't you know they, they finished third indiana tech was fourth these these teams are like they've got good teams they got good dual meet teams you know reinhardt had a really good dual meet team and you know with no national duels this year we really couldn't tell how how strong some of these teams were and the nai though they've been wrestling since since the beginning uh, a lot of their schools are in in least less i don't want to say less dense i guess they're they're not as populated and they're in small towns with the exception of grandview which is in des moines iowa but you know so their schedule wasn't as they didn't have as many crossover events but they wrestled quite a bit so when i look at the teams coming in grandview gets 12 life gets 12 i mean these you know reinhardt gets 12 these these teams that bring 12 every year okay that's they're they're going to be in the in the contention of the top four it didn't even dawn on me to think that man somebody's going to contend with grandview this year uh, you know, they didn't have, I, I didn't think they had the name power, you know, they don't have, you know, a Thompson or Ryak Finch or somebody like that, or Brandon Wright that, that comes in and, and is, is crushing people. But part of me, what, like in the NAI is, is like, okay, how much is Grandview going to win by? I like seeing records broken. I like when, when they put, you know, 12 on the podium, I like when they put, uh, they, they're, they're making a, a run for their record, but I also love history. And so the, 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 the point is, is that there were, this was going to be history. Either way, if they won, they set a collegiate wrestling record for most championships in a row at 10. If they didn't, holy crap, that's what we've got right now. We have got, you know, an alum knocking off, you know, teacher beats, uh, you know, student beats teacher. And the team race was unlike anything I've seen. And Novogratz actually said, well, what about Paris? I was like, well, freestyle, you can't really. There's no team scoring that's accrued through it. And it, it didn't really... I didn't really think it was a thing until, oh, wow, end of round one, Grandview lost a couple seeds. I think they lost three matches in the first round. Well, the first session. And then Life had 10, and Grandview had 10. And I'm like, oh, Omi had a good round. And then at the end of day one, I'm like, Life's still got 10. Grandview's got 10. Grandview had a couple injuries. Um, the number two seed, uh, Dalton Jensen, he got hurt and, and won a match on the backside basically with a blown-out knee. Didn't get through. Uh, then they had another two seed not get through. So two of the guys that didn't place for them were number two seeds. One of them had been in the national. I mean, I think they both were in the national finals. I can't get Jensen off the top of my head, but there, 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 it was just like, there were points lost, but there were also points gained. So it wasn't just Grandview flopped. You had a 10 seed from life in the finals. You had a seven and O round in the placement matches. I mean, uh, you know, there were eight placement matches for Grandview. There were seven for life grandview went four and four well technically four and three because uh you know kyle caldwell he couldn't compete i think he had a medical forfeit i'm not sure it was a concussion issue or not but there's a med forfeit for eight grandview uh i mean life won every single bout in the placements including two head-to-heads it big. was it was like 
it was it was surreal to sit there and look over and oh, oh you know Justin Portillo is a four-time All-American. Randy McRae is a fi- both of guys were in the finals previous in their career. They're wrestling for third, and it's a t- it's an overtime. It's sudden victory. It's like high drama, and the, uh, the team score going because Grandview went ahead after the Conci semis, and then it was like do 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 do. But the but when it came down to '97, okay, Grandview's got the heavyweight in the finals. We're, we're at '97, and life has two wrestlers: one for third, one for fifth, and. Here comes Diallo Mazzamella gets in a scramble and gets a pin. And that tied it. That tied it. And then less than a minute later, Zane Lanham beats the beats Antonio Stewart, who is a four-time All-American from Reinhardt. Uh, you know, the four beats the three there. And that win less than a minute later puts him up 153 or 154, 153 going into the finals. It's like controlling your own destiny. So all life had to do was well, that you know, Grandview was not favored. So life could have gone over three. And still won the championship. They get the right. win. High school teammates beat in the finals at 125. Georgia stand up. There were 19 kids from Georgia in the tournament, most of any state. So that's um, great. J- just that team race back and forth midway through the round. Here goes Grandview taking the lead. And here comes life. And then I, I have not seen a team race like that ever unfold before my eyes. And and then to come home and see the Big 12, you know, have four teams sitting there going, oh, yeah, right. hold my beer. So, right. I mean, it was but just to see a national champion. And what, what was also telling is at the end, we're announcing life is up there. They get the NAI loves their red and white and banner with the blue trim. That's kind of their iconic thing in, in their gyms. Well, life is up there on the podium getting the trophy and the banner. Nick Mitchell at Grandview has his team off the podium. They've just gotten their second place when they're not, nobody's smiling. They are off the podium to the side back before you get to the pipe and drape, watching the whole time. Mitchell made them watch the trophy presentation. It's like, I just, you want to talk about these guys are already motivated for 2022. If Grandview was tough to beat before, now they're pissed. So (laughs) it's going to be, I cannot wait for the 2022 NAIC. And here's the thing life did it. Uh, You know, uh, Sean DeShazer, who was one of their All Americans who had spent some time, D1, Juco. Um, he wasn't in their lineup this year. I'm not sure if he's still with the program or not, but Jace Luchow transferred in from, from Fresno state. Wasn't what wasn't one of their factors this year. So that's a guy that won Fargo. That's still laying in wait at life university. So, Ooh, 2022, you, you might want to get to Wichita again, park city at Hartman arena. It's uh, I tell you what, as much as I, you know, I love the D threes, the NAIs, in terms of excitement, are are they they want to they want to dethrone that t- they want to break into that top five best tournaments for me because that is that was so much fun this year and just to see it unfold. I love drama. I love new teams and firsts. We had you know Thomas Moore used to be a Division three school, yeah, reclassified. They yeah, they yep. reclassified and they had three All Americans, including you know Ryan Moore uh, with two O's instead of Thomas Moore with one O. Makes the finals. You know Kentucky kid Cornell transfer like uh, university, not college. So, uh, you know, let's D3 show. We need to clarify that. But it's just, <laughs> I know this is a lot of NAI mileage on the D3 show, but holy crap, what a tournament. And yeah, it, yeah, was, it was fun, it was fun yeah. to follow. Yeah, definitely shout out to Thomas Moore, former Division three. you know, head coach Jason Russell, you know, finishing the top 10 for the first time, three All-Americans. So great to see that program thriving. In He's NAI. a Heidelberg guy, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, Heidelberg, yeah. then Whitewater, then Thomas Moore. Yeah, so like wrestled, under, Whitewater. wrestled under Coach Chuck and then was on his staff at Whitewater before taking the Thomas Moore job. So definitely some D3 roots there. What's um, also interesting is, is even while in the NAI, which does offer scholarships, Thomas Moore is still a, a is still keeping that Division Three non-scholarship thing going for him. Yeah, yeah. So definitely not the easiest 
way. But, you know, let's, let's make the transition now. All good talk in AI, but, you know, big week in Division Three. You're going to be out in Iowa. Uh, Division Three, the brackets were released last Friday. So let's get into these. Let's dive into it. Let's start with 125. So uh, jumping off the bat here um, at 125, I'll see number one seed coming into it, Samuel Braswell from Averett. Um, you know, only a fourth year program from your home state, Virginia. Uh, Braswell has been just making his way through the ranks. Um, and he's just and a steady a build job. for him, too. You know, steady build. He was a little undersized coming in as a freshman. He's at a Matoka. Um, he claimed, I think, he, you know, him or one of him or Woody claim Miami or something as his hometown. But uh, they went to high school in Matoka, which when I was in high school, they were in my region and they were terrible. And then I think the, the school they got built a new school. They got a guy that was at Lock Haven All American. Uh, Michael Moore was a coach. Turned, I mean, that program just switched around. And, and you know, the Avert coach Blake Rulo went to Matoka. He was part of that that generation that came through and turned changed the culture. Create made made Matoka a wrestling school. And then you had guys like Braswell. Uh, you know, just I would have loved to have seen him hit that podium last year. Just again, Virginia kid. Uh, Blake Rulo is is a guy that was you know super good coming out of high school. Was in the Fargo finals. Uh, you know had had some D one stops along the way. And then, you know, w- with Tommy leaving Averett and he was sitting there going, okay, I'm, I'm a head coach. I'm sitting there going, well, how's Blake and Halis? Well, apparently he's doing pretty good. His pretty recruiting good. is good. He's pulled in, he's pulled in the kid, you know, it's about, about, about networking and who, you know, and he goes, where does he know? He knows his high school and he had some hammers down low. So uh, Braswell is one of those kids that, uh, you know, I, I thought he was ready to definitely break through nationally last year, his, his seed last year, uh, represented that and even even though we know what this tournament is we know what it isn't but we look at the, the kids that are in this draw and braswell is you know it's a real testament to show what what, what a school can do really quickly I, i've mentioned that you can be really successful in a short time no pun intended uh in division three in the naia because you can you can build a solid roster in two years and become nationally relevant and and you know averitt's it's made it four it's in Danville, Virginia, in case you're, it's not Danville, Danville. That's how we say it back in Virginia. And it's, um, it's, it's great to see them. They, the news came out that they're officially going to be a member of the uh, Old Dominion Athletic Conference, the ODAC. So uh, while we, while we lose Emory Henry to division two, uh, that's, that process is already made, you know, Averitt's coming into the ODAC and now we just need maybe some more ODAC schools to say, Hey, let's, let's either restart wrestling or, or put it places that we haven't seen it before. Virginia Wesleyan just got a new AD. That's one place I've, I've been kind of targeting, uh, for for programs since uh, the Division One school in Norfolk, actually both of them don't have wrestling anymore. So uh, there's 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 a place in in Virginia Beach that has Division Three sports that should have Division Three wrestling. But I'll get off that side note here. But uh, as far as the the bracket goes, Braswell's the one that you know just because I'm from Virginia, I've been following his career uh, a lot more than than I will the rest of them. But there's obviously the usual suspects. You've got a Co, you've got a Wartburg, you got a North Central, you got an Augsburg in here. So you know the names. The, the wrestlers' names have changed, but the, the usual suspects of schools are going to be fighting for these top spots, too. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, Friddle and Kiner have had a history there. Uh, you know, Cohen Wartburg. Friddle got, got him in the dual meet this year. That's why he's a three. Um, but, yeah, definitely some big names. Definitely excited to see the, the true freshman at North Central as well, Bradley Rosen. He got the nod because we'll talk about it at 133. Robbie Presson is up at 133. He's the one seed there. So he's had an impressive run as a true freshman as well. So, Definitely some guys in here to push, but I, I definitely agree. Braswell is definitely the, the cream of the crop going uh, going into this tournament. I'll say this about kids that, you know, I say this about North Dakota State guys all the time because uh, that's in Fargo. And if you you survive a winter uh, uh, in the Northern Plains, you are, you, 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 you're a beast. And, and Moorhead, Minnesota, Concordia, Moorhead, 
just Cole Kubish is, is just tough because he survives <laughs> because there my, my nephew goes to North Dakota state and there is no way. I mean, it's bad enough living here in the twin cities, which is, you know, three and a half hours. We don't get the weather Fargo does. We don't get the weather Fargo Moorhead does. So if anybody's more, more happier to get out of Fargo Moorhead for a weekend, it's Cole Kubish. So yeah, that's, that's one that, that's an X factor. I like to look at. Okay. How mad is this guy going to be? normally because it's so flipping cold up there i just yeah. i just like those i just like those things you're 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 a little little you, i mean like i said we had guys is like when 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 we were with odu steve martin goes i don't want to wrestle north dakota state because why he says well we'll beat them but they'll beat us up and that's the kind of toughness you get from from people that spend winters in in northern minnesota and north dakota just toughness no doubt. So, all right, moving a lot wrong here. Gee, let's jump to the 133. What, what jumps out to you here at 133 and uh, keep moving here? Uh, you mentioned Robbie Preeson. Yeah, he's he's a name that last year, again, he would have really broken out and been on people's radar. Uh, I mean, I don't think he was going to su surprise people that follow D3 wrestling, but it's like, you know, and a shout out to what Joe Norton's been doing at North Central, man. I mean, it's really, the pro really good you know, job there. I mean, really not just job. that he's building a women's program too. They had pretty good success at the, at the women's yeah, for, first national championship uh, this past past weekend for them too. in women's wrestling. Yeah. So that's a solid thing to like put your hang your hat on. I've actually got a North central hat over here hanging. I was, <laughs> I was debating. I put the coast shirt on today. I was like, should I wear the Wartburg, Wartburg hat, the North central hat or the Augsburg shirt? I just went with, with co and I'll explain why here in a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, looking at 33, I mean, Brock Henderson, you know, just sturdy. Eron Hayes, I think, uh, you know, placed and became that school's first All-American a couple of years ago. I think that's one of those things that when you when you don't make it back after placing, there's that that edge that you have. And you know, Brandon Bradley. Let's let's tie this back all to Virginia. The head coach at Nebraska Wesleyan. It's a guy who's a state runner up in Henrico. Uh, lost to one of the Frischcorns. I want to say it was Jordan um, in the state final. So uh, you know, he goes to goes to Pembroke. Thought he had a year of eligibility at Whitewater left, things that work out. Ends up on the coaching staff with Fader there, and then that really launched his coaching career. And, you know, Brandon's a great guy. He is trying to build something there in Lincoln where it's all – the thing is pro – problem is, is building anything in Lincoln, you've got to contend with the Huskers no matter what. State of Nebraska. So building a wrestling program when there's, you know, a guy like Burroughs that lives in town, um, you're fighting to try to get any type of recognition. And, and a guy like – uh, Brandon Bradley is the right guy to, to be running that program. And you've seen it with, with him being able to develop a guy like Euron Hayes, uh, even though sometimes you have a bad match. Now, the guy I'm also looking to here, uh, one, the, the one is, is Levi Engelman from Ferrum, who had that, that you know, rock-solid upset a couple years ago in Roanoke. But Joe Pins, okay? How hard is it to beat that as a wrestling name? Joe Pins, he does? Uh -huh. that, that guy better win the Gory Ron Award. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I'll top you, Jason, with uh, I believe at Edinburgh, it, his name was Matt, Matt King. King. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good too. Grandview had a guy named Matt Burns. He was their first national champ. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyone else, G, in this bracket that really catches your eye too? Tony Champion yeah, uh, was a guy at Portland State, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Um, I would say uh, Josiah Gear from Messiah sitting at the five seed. I remember last year he was ranked pretty. Uh, high all year and then he had a crazy semifinals match in the regional tournament last year he lost in overtime to um Cameron, uh, Cordell Rush from Delaware Valley and then he unfortunately then put was put into concussion protocol so he didn't get to finish his regional tournament last year that and he had, he had a really good shot to make nationals in 33 in our region last year and it was tough I mean you had your guy Slendorn, Gear, 
uh, Angleman, and then Rush. So it was going to be a battle. So then for him to miss out on the opportunity, you definitely know he's going to be ready to go this weekend. And he's very tough. Um, I believe he qualified at 25 as a freshman, right, Ant? Yeah, he was in Roanoke at 125. I believe he was either round 16 or, or round 12 at 125. So definitely has a national experience there. So I would totally agree with you there, too. He, he's, he's definitely going to be a force this weekend. Yeah, and then um, Averitt's, uh Jones uh, came in unseated. Um, if him and Preston meet in the round of 16, I think that will be a great match. Jones has really improved. He had a pretty solid regional tournament last year, and um, he's having a good year this year for Averett. I mean, Averett on the East Coast right now. Um, I don't know if you heard our last episode with with uh, Blake. Real, we had him on the podcast, uh, Jason, and um, they've been wrestling a lot. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot of Averett kids uh, do well this weekend, just because of all the math time they had this year. Because a lot of these kids in these each in these brackets, they'll be lucky if they have five matches. And I know. If, favorite most of their kids have close to 20 matches on the year already so that's you don't think about it but it's, it's a pretty big factor yeah i'm curious what you guys are doing as coaches to uh because they talk about you can't simulate a match environment you can try to simulate a match environment, right. but you can't replicate the nerves the butterflies the making weight going out there with your singlet on and another school singlet. you know you can't replicate that so from a from a training perspective how, how do you try to crack into your athletes minds that you know, get that rust off. I mean, if they're five and one coming into the tournament, like you, that's that's a weekend open, man. That's like right. you get that in a weekend to get those those. All right, oh well, well my lead legs a little off. I mean, like oh, I got to lock my cradle a little differently. Oh, oh, oh I got to get my lungs back. So I'm just curious what you guys are doing to try to simulate a full season of training without actually having a full season of competition. Go ahead, Ann, with that. Yeah, I, th I think the biggest factor is, one, getting these guys to stay around their weight class. You know, so many less weigh-ins this year. So getting, getting them to make weight, not scratch, but, like, be plus two or plus three on the weekend when we don't have a competition, have to compete, um, you know, uh, you know, simulate in the room what we have a full mat and have them wrestle matches or ref match with riding time. I mean, that's the best thing we can do. And, you know, like you said, it's it's been tough this year, but as coaches, we just had to find ways to adapt and get these guys to to have those extra competitions. And like you're saying, it's not the same, but it's the best way that we can potentially simulate it moving forward. Yeah, One I mean, thing, just to, go ahead. Go ahead no, go no ahead, I was I was I was actually I was jumping ahead of your question, so you, <laughs> I'm already looking ahead to the weight class. So uh, uh, okay, you know, fire uh, away. that's fine. Um, no, just you know, add on top of that with, with Anset, I mean even if you're not having wrestle offs, like have them compete, you know what I mean? Just, you know, with a ref, like, even though it's not a real ref, like a coach or something, just something like that. I mean, I know it's, you can't compare uh, each because there's nothing like competing against another kid in different singlet in an environment where you're at a tournament or a duel. So it's tough to simulate, but just having simulation days and having these guys compete like with a full mat, like Ann said, you know, have the riding time as a factor, just giving them those, those situations and um, different, different scenarios throughout the match just to get them thinking uh, will help them uh, for this event this weekend, or if they competed a lot during the year. So definitely was trying times because very limited tournaments this year. I, I can't even, I don't even know how many tournaments there were at the D3 level. I know there was one in Virginia, and we were trying to go to one. Uh, got canceled because of Virginia States, but there wasn't too many tournaments this year. There was a lot of duels. So it'll be interesting to see how people react and adapt to this environment this weekend. 
on that note, you talked about a lot of duels. Now, in Division One, coaches were starting to use this extra matches thing, and I'm like, why? Why is this surprise anybody? You've been able to do it. Right. Division Three has been doing this for as long. I mean, especially in in New England, where they even have a futures tournament. Uh, right. You know, some schools have been doing a lot more than others. But it's like, it, you know, using the extra matches is something you guys were already used to. How much did you? Uh, use them more this year because there weren't any tournaments. And and were you getting calls from other coaches from other divisions going, hey, how do you guys set this stuff up? Go ahead, Ann. Yeah, I mean, the extra matches is always a great way to get these guys uh, competing. And there was actually a format this year where a lot of schools you, you would be seeing um, that we did with Alverne the last one, where it's like we didn't even have a varsity duel. We just paired up as many matches as possible to to compete. Um, so, you know, like in, in our match against Alvernia, we had like 20 something matches, you know, no varsity dual score, but the biggest thing was just getting these guys in the abbreviated season. We have matches. So, um, you know, we had five varsity duels and extra matches, but you know, it was also a lot of different formats too, where you had teams do round Robin formats, um, just to increase the amount of competition with the lack of tournaments this year. So it was definitely uh, interesting, but I think the coaches did a great job adapting and, you know, getting anyone that committed to opting into this season, the competition they they were craving. Yeah, and just to add with that, what Anthony said, if you were following D2, um, they when they had tries where they had a quad, they would do the same format. They wouldn't really wrestle a varsity duel. They would just try and get two to three, maybe even four matches in that day and have a round-robin uh, system. So um, it's good from that aspect because right now you don't, the dual meets, you know, it's not as much as a factor until obviously like regionals and nationals. So to get all those matches and you want to get as much mat time as possible uh, in as possibly before you have the regional tournament, which uh, would have been the same time D3 had regional. So it was uh, this past past weekend and then they're, they're wrestling nationals this week. So just seeing those formats and how coaches adapted really was big uh, for the sport and to get these guys mat time. So we will be moving on to 141. And you said you already had uh, something to note at 141. Yeah, one, one. How many years has Jimmy McAuliffe been in Division Three wrestling? I feel like I've been watching this guy's. I've seen this guy's name forever. He's the two. I know he's... it's funny. It's funny you say that. Me and Anthony are actually talking about that the other day when we saw the brackets released. And uh, you know, I think he's just always been good, like from his freshman year. And, like, when kids are just good like that, you, you feel like they've been in school for, like, 10 years. But, I mean, he's just always been tough for Elmhurst. So, uh, it's funny you say that because me and Anthony were actually talking about that too. But, yeah, he's definitely a hammer, and he's going to be making some noise in this bracket uh, sitting at the two seat. Yeah, Christian Rumpf, Wartburg, uh, you know, uh, Wartburg is Wartburg is. is uh, Rumpf is one of their their big guns coming back. Right. Uh, then, then you look at the again. Let's go back to the Virginia guys. Let's bring it back to what I'm familiar with. Woody again, uh, the aforementioned Matoka kid, and then Mario Vasquez from Ferrum, who had a really good tournament a couple years ago. So it's like, you know, they're mm -hmm. at the six and seven, and it's just like those are guys I know at six and seven. Brady Gross, a dangerous number eight, uh, is if the name is any indication. Minnesota. Yeah. Is that now. is he related to Seth? Is I'm gonna somewhere? I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a thumbs up. Yeah. There's there's a relation there. I can't speak a hundred percent certainty that they are. Okay, uh, that no, I close heard that related, too. but I mean, I'm pretty sure they are because there's. I mean, I don't know how many grosses there are at Apple Valley, but it is a pretty big high school, so they do draw from the Apple Valley Burnsville region. So there right. is a distinct possibility, but I could do yeah, some research and, uh, real quick. 
and uh, let's let's do some quick uh, bad internet researching on the live show. So yeah. let's see if we can do 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 talk amongst yeah. yourselves. And then rump, <laughs> uh, rump, and gross. So that's one eight. That'll be man. That'll be an awesome quarters. You know, obviously the rivalry between Warburg and Augsburg. So um, to see them get after it, and then obviously gross sitting at eight. Obviously, if Augsburg had a full season, I guarantee you he would have been a higher seed for a regular year. Because I heard. Um, yeah, it's his uh, brother. Just so you know. A brother, okay. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, I thought um, so, but because uh, you know Elroy uh, Perkin from Wisconsin, Eau wrestled at Whitewater. He's part of Minnesota STEM. I'm, I'm pretty sure when, whenever we were talking, he said the same thing about him, and he said he's going to be pretty good right off the bat for Augsburg. Yeah, and so, uh, he speaking of Elroy, pretty much had Valencia beat at the uh, the Senior Nationals. Yeah, <laughs> People no, were like who yeah, is this guy? I'm like, oh. You, that's why you need to pay attention to things outside of just your little bubble of, of division one. So, right. Yeah, definitely. You, you totally don't know true. Elroy. You know, <laughs> yeah, we go. Way people, back. Yeah. People uh, need definitely, like you said, I mean, there's just so, so many resources now, so much content out there. You, you definitely could follow these guys better and know more than just per se. Like you said, Iowa, Penn state, Ohio state, yada, yada, all that stuff. So, and then you have another co-kid here sitting at the four seed, uh, right? So, Co's going to, Co, I, I, from my understanding, there isn't going to be a team score at this tournament mm-hmm. just because it's tough to claim, you know. At I NWC. mean, it's, you know, and, and just so people know, it's like, it, it's funny because last year this stuff got all un- uh, turned over by, uh, I guess, accident. I mean, you know, the situation is like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's not an All-American. Well, actually – do you know when you get your trophy at nationals, when you're on the podium, it says it's an NCA logo and it says eighth place in the weight class or seventh place or first place champion. It doesn't say all American. You know, it says all American, the plaque you get from the national wrestling coaches association, right? That's who names the teams. And it has been like that since 1928. So um, while I was actually in a discussion about this division, one thing from last year on how do you break down the 2020 all Americans? And well, if you're, keeping a track of place winners fine you're not they're not a place winner but if you're keeping track of all americans you have to count them because that's the same organization that has put out the all americans just because the 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 stipulation of what is an all-american was changed in a covid year doesn't mean the plaque isn't exactly the same as the guy who finished eighth the year before so let's i i really don't want to get to the situation where we're doing this in all these divisions where we're we're degrading or or not putting an all-american honor that is bestowed on the group that has given all-american honors since the beginning of collegiate wrestling right because the kids didn't have the opportunity to earn it on the mat now they earned that through a season so i mean you could say what you will and the coaches by the way were almost unanimous in the support for naming these teams because it's for the kids. It's not like they're looking for a way. Well, we need to get this. We need to add. No, the kids earned it. So don't let the fact that we had a pandemic take that on our way from them. So this year we have what? 34, 30, 34 teams, I believe. And now that's 30% of division three. Yeah, it is what it is. And you know, some people will look at it. It was like, well, this isn't the real all Americans. Well, guess what? This is the format in it. In an it is year. what it is this year. Like you said, it is. And, and yes, my year, records, these guys yeah. are going to be all Americans and that, you know what? 
this could also be benefit. Look at schools that are probably going to be able to, to do something about this. The Southern Virginia, granted, Nico Ramirez was really close a couple of years ago uh, right. by, by doing it the traditional way. But look at look at Southern Virginia. Look at Iowa Wesleyan, which is actually uh, about to move to the NAI. Look at New Jersey City University. These schools are, you know, Carthage, Westminster, these schools that have an opportunity to actually get some hardware for their trophy case for the first time. Do you think in 15 years people are going to remember that? Oh, well, that was the COVID year. Right. No, no. no. These, these, these wrestlers have the opportunity to do something that's never been done in their school history. And yes, while it is not the perfect scenario on how it was in 2019, it's what we've got with what we've got. So right now, I'm going to call these guys all Americans as because oh. this is the NWCA goes. This, this is, is yeah, how this we're is... determining our, our our teams. So, right. Guess what, you folks? Know, you're going to get the same can... call here than you will in Roanoke two years ago. Yeah, I mean, and the the thing is too with the situation. I mean, if you look at the guys, you know, first team, second team, or third team last year, they earned that recognition and they earned it throughout the whole year of a grind and getting there. I mean, if you, especially you know how tough it is D three and. Um, D3 Nationals, in my opinion, is one of the toughest tournaments to get to because of the format of how many teams. Um, so getting there is a huge accomplishment in itself. So I, I was for it. You know, a lot of guys, you know, like you said, a lot of people said, ah, they didn't really earn it, this or that. But you know what they did by what they did on the mat throughout the whole year. So obviously uh, one more guy at this weight, can't leave him out, um, is – Slendorn of Stevens Tech. He was at 33 last year, so he's sitting at the five. Um, look for look for him to have a big tournament. Stevens always has some tough lightweights, so the 41's a 41 a good bracket. There's some quality kids there, um, and for people that are looking at the brackets, they usually just see um, top eight seated. It's they did the, the to the 12th because the brackets are bigger, so that's why you see it. Uh, a number to 12 and i, t- I tell you what I, I would love to see a 32 man bracket in division threes normally <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's gonna take think, a little bit more work because of the sliding scale on number of teams sponsoring etc but yeah I, definitely you know if, the, if there's I mean, a litmus test to show how it can work well we've just like the extra matches we've seen that like oh so d1 coaches want that to stay and so uh yeah. you know hey we got a 32 man bracket let's do this so i like yeah yeah, yeah. Now, 40, 49, 49, obviously, it's counter. I mean, you guys know that, I mean, one of you more than the other. Uh, yeah. knows how, I mean, it's like one of those things. Like, I felt bad for guys like that that were, that were going for history, of course. Uh, you know, you know, Stanitz last year losing that opportunity and uh, mm-hmm. to, to finally stand on the top of the podium. These guys are, are right there. Uh, this is a pretty good weight. There's some names in here that, that uh, may be under the radar for, for the Midwest folk, but folks out East know it. I mean, uh, like the, the kid from Greensboro has been really under the radar. He's tough, improving quite a bit. And, you know, he was a guy, if, you know, we're looking, if this is a progression from this year to last year, give him a full season. I think he would definitely be uh, turning a few more heads uh, than, he, than, than normally. So he's one that I'm kind of looking at. And, you know, Greensboro's had just the one All-American, uh, you know, rotating coaching situation as it's been since they started. But, uh, yeah. I, you know, one and two, just looking at it, you know, and what TJ's doing at Loris with Zeke Smith. So I, I, I don't see the division three shenanigans happening here. And when I say shenanigans, meaning big guns losing of- early, I, I, of course, I probably just jinxed it, but uh, yeah. you know, it's one thing. There's always a one seed that goes down the first round <laughs> division three tournament. I don't think it's going to happen here. Yeah. I mean, with the brackets bigger, um, you, 
you're not going to see as many upsets. But like you said, that's why you wrestle. You don't know how much math time these guys had. Um, some other guys in this bracket, um, Cleary out of NJCU is a, a D1 transfer. So look for him to maybe make some noise out here. NJCU is a first-year program out of New Jersey City, uh, right next to Stevens Tech, actually. So uh, he was a pretty big get for them, being a D1 transfer. And then um, uh, Cornell out of Messiah, he's a pinning machine. I don't know if you ever seen him wrestle, Jason, but he gets cradles on everyone. It's pretty crazy, actually. So. Uh, that's actually how he made nationals last year. He was wrestling Woody from Averett and he was down in the match and pinned him in the third period with a cradle. <laughs> so uh, he's a pinning machine. It, it, that could be a nice match in the quarters between him and Fritz. Um, trying you got you have another central guy in there. So there's a there's some definitely some quality in this bracket, but it does seem that counter and Fritz are on a collision course, but you never know. Um, the brackets are bigger this year. Someone you can slip up wherever. So um, should be interesting, the bracket. But like you said last year, I mean, Stevens Tech was one of those teams along with Loris, you know, trying to break the streak of an Augsburg Warburg team title. Uh, Stevens brought a lot of guys to the tournament last year. They had a lot of high seeds. They could make some noise. And obviously Loris had their terrific year. Uh, and both those teams were senior heavy. So to see mm. them get not the chance to compete, especially when we were already out there. I don't know. Were you out in Iowa last year when everything got canceled? Yeah, I, was, I, I made the announcement on Thursday. Yeah. It's, that was uh, the hardest thing I've ever had to say in my professional career is re yeah. reading that email over the PA and then those kids. I remember distinctly a kid from Baldwin-Wallace dropping to his knees, dropping a giant F-bomb because his career was done. Right. Yeah, that, uh, was, that was tough. Brutal. I think we just missed that because we were just leaving the coaches' meeting. Uh, so, but I got the message on my phone, but yeah, that had to be tough to say. So it's good to see these kids get the opportunity. All right, moving on to 57. Before we go there, I do want to, yeah. because 57 was a weight class. That was one where there's some mutual friends that I've been associated with, whether it okay. be from Virginia beach and, and the wrestling program at my alma mater. Well, Bradley Lamontagne, you know, we lost him over the, you know, the off season. He, he was in a, boating accident of, of some some type and he was uh the team captain of johns hopkins and John hopkins, they've, yep. yeah they've gone out and they, they're raising money they're naming the wrestling room after him and uh i i didn't know bradley personally i knew his oh. mom uh his mom has actually been a patron of the mad talk podcast network really for for a while her brothers were big supporters of old dominion athletics and wrestled at old dominion so okay. there's a tie there and then of course having known keith for all these years whether it be D3 trips or trips to Moscow when he was uh, with the coach's education program that, that they got to do at the world championships one year. And I, I just, th this kid was a special kid based on everybody I've ever talked to that knew him. All these coaches from back in, in, in the Hampton Roads area that had to coach against him or, or had their kids compete against him just just raved about how how solid of a human being he is. So I want to say, as we get to 157, that was a weight class where, I mean, last year, it's the regionals, man, he nearly made it coming from behind in like two or three matches, pinning people. It was kind of crazy to see those highlights. So uh, I just want to give Bradley a shot before we get um, we get into our weight class. But uh, one thing, that, uh, you know, <laughs> one name that jumps out on the page at me uh, isn't the one or two seed. It's, it's Tyler Shilson. So people might know that name older brother of Emily Shilson, who is the the hammer cadet world champion on the women's freestyle side of things. Well, Tyler started his career at Wisconsin, then went to Chattanooga, and now is back in Minnesota at Augsburg and uh, has seemed to be doing pretty well with uh, some familiar familiar surroundings. So he's one that 
Uh, you know, sometimes the, the D1 guys that come into D3, you know, they, they expect success. And sometimes the, the D3 guys that don't care who they are don't want to give them that success. But uh, I, I think Shilson's finally in a situation to, to, to unleash his, his real potential. So I'm really curious. Plus, uh, you know, his family's been good to me over the years. So I'm kind of curious on, on what Tyler's going to do at that three spot there for Augsburg. Yeah, I mean, another, another Augsburg kid uh, being a top three seed. So definitely, I mean, Augsburg is always one of the premier uh, programs. And then you have Warburg's uh, Hollingsworth. If they can meet up in the semifinals, uh, that should be a pretty awesome matchup. Hollingsworth's the Juco All-American, and he's doing very well at Warburg so far. Um, another one that stands out in this bracket is uh, Sean Sachs of Westminster. He's funky, funky. Yeah. Those yeah. Sachs kids are absolutely funky. Right, they are. Well, um, Ironman influence there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, obviously, the one seed in the bracket is Bert. You know, he's had he's always been around uh, the Milliken program. I feel like he's been there forever too. Like we were just saying earlier, well, there's been a Bert associated with the program since they restarted it. Whether it be the coach or several of the athletes, so it's like, oh right. man, coach, do your kids go anywhere else? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. One is son. I, I think another one's cousin, maybe. Um, but both of them have been having all of them have been having great careers in Milliken. He's doing a great job at Milliken when they restarted that program. They've been, you know, it's between them and usually uh, North Central and that um, that CCIW uh, conference out in the Midwest. So they're they're tough and they got some good kids. So um, 57 is definitely the most open bracket. It doesn't return that many qualifiers to this NWCA division three championships, but there's definitely some hammers in there and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds this weekend. Yeah. I'm uh, curious about that as well. It's just, yeah. again, one of those weights that, that, you know, let's, let's see how it goes. I, I can't really say, speak with any, any authority on it and I'm not going to try to and fake it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I spoke on I what mean, I knew. Yeah. yeah I mean, I again, I didn't have a full season to absorb it either. So I'm right. still sitting. Okay. Um, Cause normally I come when it's the national duels is really where the names jump out at me. And then I look at the regionals. Okay. Who am I looking for at nationals? This is, this is really kind of blind for some reason. It's like going into a November tournament knowing, okay, who are, you know, you know, some of the kids, yeah, you don't know them all, and now you're gonna look really stupid if you're gonna try to talk about kids yeah. you have no idea. So I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm sticking close is, to the best a, here. Yeah, this is a great opportunity for these kids, you know, to make a name for themselves and then build on for next year if they're not seniors, you know, for seeding for tournaments and rankings for next year. So even though we don't know them, we'll know them soon, and if, they, and if they're young, they will um, definitely be a force to reckon with because this i mean this tournament obviously doesn't have the be all the best kids in the country it's kind of more of a glorified invite that if your school could go you can go but it's still going to have that national feel and still a very big tournament so um I'm, in, I'm, in lieu of the pete wilson we have <laughs> you know right so it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds at some of these weights where you know there's not many returning qualifiers but uh, moving at 65, this is a weight where I do know these kids. Uh, we have another Bert, who's the one seed, and this kid was definitely in the conversation to win a national title last year. He was crushing everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone at the end of the year last year. He's just a hammer on top. He was teching a lot of kids, had a great regional tournament. So it'll be interesting to see um, if this is his way to lose. But, I mean, the, the two seed from Coast Guard, Coast Guard Rogers is a returning qualifier. And uh, 
he comes with a lot of experience. Now, Coast Guard hasn't been able to wrestle that much, so it'll be interesting to see how every – because I think I'm pretty sure Coast Guard's bringing their whole team. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. They they were pretty preseason ranked high and ranked high throughout the year. They had a lot of good uh, returning guys, a lot of high-ranked guys. Um, and I'm pretty sure they brought, I think, six or seven last year to, uh, to Nationals. Yeah, that's something that's not talked about a whole lot is the job Bratlin's done there at Coast Guard because it's to me, I mean, it's not competing at a service academy is a different mindset entirely. It's it's like you you get a certain type of kid, whether it's 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 the the Naval Academy, the Military Academy, Air Force Academy, Mm -hmm. Coast Guard. I mean, you're looking at the the academic requirements to get into a service academy are very similar. And, And while Coast Guard is a Division three school, I mean. They're, they're, they're a service academy. So, again, you have a different type of kid that's going there. Your recruiting base, while it is it is national, it's also very contained in the type of student that wants to go. One, if you're getting a kid that's looking at a service academy, it's a hard sell on the Division three side. If, if, I'm, if I want to wrestle, for example, and I've got three Division one service academies to look at. Right. Um, you know, there's that hard sell there. If you want to be Division one, do you want to go different? I mean, and, and – part of that i think with with is selling the experience at the academy i mean it's you know yeah. it's in it's in an area that's you know we know that new england's got a ton of wrestling but does it have it you know you, you you're hard pressed to name a lot of guys that come from new england uh nationally okay robert hamlin he's from vermont let's do that i think uh i think uh, you know army has a kid from new hampshire that qualified uh, but when we look at to get people to come to connecticut to wrestle in college and it's you know, I John Clark Sacred Heart having the same same thing. That's that's a testament to being able to recruit and sell a right. program. That's and fun. you know, Bratlin got that 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 ball moving at North Central, and then he's doing the same thing at the Coast Guard Academy. And and I'm 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 not surprised by the success. I'm just surprised how good how quick they got. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's been almost eight years, I think, at this point. But um, you know, Coast Guard would have we would you had Giorgio a couple of those years. Three, I think he was a three time All American. And it was very like, tough. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, we're Coast Guard. Uh, that coach was there for like 9,000 years. Uh, I think he coached four sports or something. So uh, to see what Bratlin's done to really kind of elevate wrestling as, as a sport that the school is getting more notoriety for, I think is a good thing. I know their sports information director there and you know, wrestling's like, okay, yeah, we got a ton of sports. We love wrestling. Well, now you've got a lot more stuff to write about because they're they're successful and when you're successful you get more headlines you get more features you get more noticeability if that's a word so uh shout out to bratlin on doing the doing the job there at coast guard yeah yeah well said um i know uh dylan foley is there as well and he's uh he was a very good wrestler at springfield and he's uh, been over with bratlin's since the beginning maybe as an assistant so they're kudos to both those guys doing a great job over there and then um the three well, he was seated. unseated when it was it was it was he unseated or was that a uh, biscaja was unseated when he won it for springfield yeah that the second kid fully was yeah. seated the year he placed and then he was okay. a high seed his senior year and got upset actually by a waynesburg guy <laughs> in the quarters uh sam guidi so but uh he's had a great he had a great wrestling career at springfield and now he's doing very big things as i almost pulled out the springfield shirt today it was either springfield i was i was looking at okay so okay augsburg no springfield co let's go d3 championship tournament uh you know i just grabbed the 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 three-quarter sleeve iron side co-college yeah with the co-shirt 
Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, Zane Mulder, I don't know if you've been able to follow him at all, Wartburg. He was an Iowa State spot starter. Yeah, um, I'm a huge X-Files guy, so I'm all about Mulder. Yeah. Actually, no, yeah. I'm not an X-Files guy, but I am all about Zane Mulder. Yeah, and he's uh, he was definitely, you know, probably in the running at Iowa State because um, he, he was one of the kids that won in the duel against Iowa State earlier in the year. So you knew this kid had a lot of potential, a lot of talent. Um, you know, sometimes a D1 grind isn't for everyone. He found a home in Warburg, and he's been killing it. Um, he uh, definitely has done a great job. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in his first big national tournament D3-wise. But, I mean, he has some pretty big results already. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he runs into Burt, how that would go. And then uh, there's a few other names here. Obviously, I talked to Blake a lot. Uh, Turley from Averitt's an interesting story. If if you uh, if you know the Turley name, he's for he's a Virginia boy. His brother started actually, he's starting at Rutgers now. Uh, Jackson Turley, I believe his name is. He's a older, older guy. He took some time off and um, came, came in and he's doing a great job. He had a big win over Pangle from Messiah in their duel, mm -hmm. which was a great duel. So he got the seating at six and then Pangle seven. So this bracket's pretty tough. I mean, there, there's a lot of good guys here. I didn't know if any other names stick out to you, uh, Jason. Yeah. Gabe Pfizer down there because uh started as Kurt Crow now is at Loris and here's the okay. tie-in uh Gabe set all sorts of high school rushing records as a running back at Grundy which his son uh, his dad Travis was an All-American at Iowa and has okay. been the head coach at Grundy for you know ever so so when Kevin Dresser was coaching in Virginia he was at Grundy then he left to go to Christiansburg Pfizer then was the job uh, and by the way Grundy uh the the basically the the patriarch of that wrestling club uh Red Robertson passed away recently and uh, that was something that you know he's a hall of famer for Virginia and and Pfizer Travis Pfizer was brought in by by Red after Dresser left so uh Gabe was a multi-sport athlete at Grundy was a four-time okay. state champion uh and you know he's got a good pedigree and uh went out back to Iowa where his dad was from he started at Co now he's at Loris uh, and that one kind of surprised. I picked it up halfway through. I was, oh wow, I didn't realize Gabe was at Loris till a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, wait, what? So I, I, you know, that's that Virginia in me. Looking forward to see how how these guys do because I've had a chance to keep an eye on Gabe. I think Gabe ran for like forty nine thousand yards. No, real. Uh, I think his wow. senior his senior year he was running for like three three hundred fifty yards a game. I mean, it was bonkers the that's the nuts. numbers that this guy was putting up. And and he's not, you know, at the time I think he was like a one forty five pounder or something. So. You know, you get a back, you know, it's, he's not a big bruising 200 pound tailback. He yeah. is a fast mid middle weight. That's just blowing through people in the coal mining country. So he's tremendous and good pedigree. So I'm looking to see how Gabe does again from a, uh, you know, let's, let's put the professional hat away just from a personal standpoint. You know, when yeah, you watch definitely. kids grow up, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Cause I remember when Travis came to Virginia, he, he was, he wasn't married and he had no kids. So, uh, now he's, <laughs> he's got kids in college. Yeah. wrestling in division three it's it's nuts yeah that is nuts i wonder if uh i wonder if he's you know if he's dual sporting at loris is he playing I football in college? i don't think so okay but no just because i know that conference is pretty good at football too and with that pedigree i'm sure they could use him on the football field too um but no that's sweet uh you have to argue with tj there. about that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's at the he's sitting at 12 so a lot of these kids you know it'll be interesting to see how he does because, like you said, they haven't had much of a season, so this seating's mm -hmm. all over the place. But uh, that uh, will be a fun bracket to follow there. Moving on to 74, uh, I mean, I feel like the one-seed Briggs is a little above the field. He is a hammer. 
Um, he but I think the top three are really the there's the separation there, in my opinion, of of, of the names to know. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to sleep on Shermeyer there for, but yeah, Shermeyer has experience. Uh, he he has some big wins in his career, I believe. Well, I mean, this was, would have been his senior year, so he would have been going for his third third trip to national. I don't think he's placed yet, so he has a lot of experience. Um, definitely no count. Messiah is always a tough program, but uh, Briggs is. I watched him the Iowa State duel. He and... is so funky, man. He is he is fun to watch. Kyle Briggs is a you know one. It's got that Iowa name, Briggs. There is a, yeah. there's a lineage there. But when when you watch him wrestle, and I remember watching it a couple of years ago, I was like, this kid just he's difficult to score on, puts you in bad positions, right. and is a threat to pin you or splail you. Or I mean, he's got the junk too, which is also makes it fun to watch. Is 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 the stuff that makes. Uh, you know, he's never out of a match if he's ever behind. Uh, you know, it's one of those things like that guy is he's he's the most dangerous guy in the weight, in my opinion. Now, when we look at the two seed Solomon Nielsen, this is a guy I've had the opportunity to see for a couple years here. Uh, mm -hmm. Slow, steady progression into being a, a, a championship contender, because when I first saw him in the lineup, OK, he's got some tools. And then he's just steadily gotten better. Steadily got started, you know, started, he was losing some close matches. Then he started winning the close matches, then started winning matches, not as close. And then he really emerged from a pack last year. And again, mm -hmm. we didn't get to see it really fully materialize, but Nielsen's a guy that having seen his progression, um, you know, does, does he give Briggs a go if they, yeah. if they meet in the finals? So I, that, that, that'll be the real test to see. All right. How good have you gotten kid? Because you definitely have gotten better. Definitely. And uh, uh, Krakow from uh, Loris is no joke. He has experience, has big wins in his career. So, like you said, the top three seeds are definitely um, very tough. And it'll be interesting to see how this bracket unfolds. And, you know, there's some other good kids in there. You got Mosley from Averitt. Um, he has a returning national qualifier experience. So, there's definitely some talent in this bracket. And just be, it'll be interesting to see how each guy you know like i said with the mat time everything like that how how they do but we're, i seen briggs wrestle and found his results he's been having an impressive uh year so far so uh moving on to 84 yeah we're talking about coast guard they have a one seed uh detweiler um, this is the so, guy i really wanted to see compete like last year i'm like yeah. okay like i i just something i again not knowing a whole lot about what goes on out there i just that was one that i, I when i saw his name pop in here at when 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 the roster came up and, and see at the top seat i'm like thank you let's see <laughs> you know that's one this is one I, i'm really i'm really looking forward to yeah and then you have a loris kid uh legal or legal at legal at two um part of those good loris teams so, he, you know, he's going to be ready to go. Sitting at three, you have David Stevens, Messiah, returning qualifier. Um, Augsburg guy. Some of these Augsburg guys, I don't recognize their names. So these are probably new guys to the program. Do you know anything about him, the four seed? Well, let's go look at that sheet again. You know, so, problem is, is they're so – Augsburg's roster is so big. <laughs> you know, they'll, yeah. get guys, they'll get guys show up and be like, oh, okay, second semester. So – um, yeah, you know, well, like that one year, just Bennett just shows up second semester. Like, oh, okay, welcome back to Minnesota. But no, right. I, I I plead ignorance on Augsburg this year because I haven't been out there. <laughs> I haven't had uh, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to uh, their home. I mean, I've been you know been kind of 
locked up in a, in a world of no wrestling. So, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I read the results, but honestly, I, I can't say definitively that, that he, that the, their roster jumped out at me this year. I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, they, I would they look had, at they, heading into it. Yeah. They were another team. I know that had, um, a lot of seniors last year. I remember interviewing, um, Epps and he was just talking how heartbroken it was that they didn't get one more shot to win a national title and everything like that. So, I mean, you had Augsburg senior heavy, Lewis senior heavy, Stevens tech senior heavy. So a lot of those teams missing out on opportunity last year, uh, definitely stunk. So, um, obviously he's at Augsburg sitting at four, definitely has talent. Um, you have another co-kid sitting at top five, you have shot. So this bracket, um, not as deep as some of the other ones. You have some guys getting buys in the first round. A lot of the other brackets are pretty full. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely some talent returning. Um, and Coast Guard, East Coast team, and, you know, with them, I mean, like we said, Augsburg, we haven't really seen Augsburg wrestle that much this year, just with everything going on. So um, it'll be interesting to see if all these guys compete. And, you know, now that I say that, you can follow all this stuff on Flow Arena and Flow Wrestling will be recording every mat and session. So it's good to have that national exposure there. I don't know if they'll have an announcer at each mat, but. Um, I, I would doubt that. I would I would assume they'll probably have somebody for finals because uh, you got two very seasoned Division three broadcasters on the PA. So I know yeah. it won't be me. <laughs> gotcha. So you're just doing PA the whole time? You're not down yeah. through? Okay. That is correct. Sounds good. All right. Moving forward. 97. I I got it. I got it. I'm going to have to check out at 97 because I there's a, there's some names that look familiar. I've seen Gabe Zierden wrestle. That was when I announced the Augsburg Concordia duel like two years ago. That is in Kobe Woods. Those are the two names that I've like, OK, I know who they are. And then uh, Billy Baldwin, no relation at 197. He's an old Dominion transfer. So those are the three names in the bracket that I know definitively. So I I I, I yield ignorance here at 97. This is like, all uh, right, let's watch what happens. Yeah. Um, so we have another Coast Guard kid actually sitting at one, Wagner, returning qualifier. Um, he's very talented. So uh, besides the games, the, the names you announced, Baldred was uh, actually preseason one at 84. And it looks like he just made the move to 97 this year. Okay. So I do I do recognize that name. And, you know, there's, just because I recognize him doesn't mean I know crap about them sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's very tough. Um, <laughs> we thought he was going to be 84. But, you know, a lot mm. of these kids, like same thing with Preston, we, we don't know if they're just like, ah, you know, it's a COVID year. Let's not worry about cutting weight. Let's just wrestle, get better. So he stayed at 97 all year. And he had some battles with the two seed uh, Haga Bomber from Milliken, who's very tough, um, having a great year, um, won the conference over uh, Baldridge. I think that ha- actually helped Milliken win the conference over North Central. So um, he's having a good year. Obviously, Kobe Woods always been around in Warburg. Actually, I, I don't even – this might be his first time. Well, I know there was no qualifier this year, but he's always been in the top ten. I don't think he ever really broke through from them to make – like uh, through the regional process um to the national tournament so it'll be interesting to see um him how he does out there we know he has the talent i've seen him wrestle plenty of times already uh he's very good um and then Dooley from stevens tech um was returning qualifier 84 last year he's sitting at the three seed so there's definitely some 84s making the move up to 97 so it'll be interesting interesting to see how they adjust to the weight. And, you know, you have uh, your returning qualifier. So Hamzi from Ferrum, he was a returning qualifier last year. Uh, has good experience. He's tough. Had a good regional tournament last year. So 97 definitely has some talent. Um, it'll be interesting to see 
uh, how everything goes. Obviously, with all these brackets, it's interesting to see because you just haven't seen a lot of D3 wrestling this year, like you said. So, um, yeah, but yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to absorb it like I normally would. That's for sure. I, I, I feel I feel uh, I feel naked here talking about these brackets. <laughs> like, yeah. Normally, I, I would like because I would fill out my bracket. I remember one year I'm filling out the brackets at um, uh, we were in lacrosse, oddly enough. And I remember talking to Ben Hupke, who who did who's done a lot of broadcasting in, in Iowa and, you know, with his Hupke wrestling promotions and such. And I'm filling out the brackets. And I remember it was it was a year I, I just filling out. He goes, no way. That guy's not, you know, Ben's Ben's giving me crap. I'm not going to say who the name was, but he was giving me guff on one of my picks. He goes, you know, it's like he plays at the Midlands. He'll walk through this. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things where I hit nine is as crazy as the brackets go. I hit nine out of 10 champs, right. That year. And of course the one I didn't was a one seed that got beat in the first round. <laughs> so it's like, I, it was like, you know, some years I, I nail but on the contrary, some years I fill out my brackets and I'll get three, right. Because quarterfinals and first round just, just took a big steaming pile. Like I think Cleveland was one of my worst years with selections because <laughs> they were just upsets like crazy early. I'm just like, well, my two champs at 25 and 33 are gone in the first 20 minutes of the tournament. So <laughs> those are yeah. those are the years when you 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 think you're you're, you're you know what you're talking about with division 3 brackets and they just the wrestlers say nope. <laughs> right. It's the it's so much fun, you know. And by the way, if if anybody out there wants to take this personally, please don't. Please don't. I don't I honestly don't care who wins. I just love good wrestling. So uh, if, 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 if you're from, if you're wearing a, a Ferrum shirt or, uh, or an Avert singlet or a, a Wartburg or an Oxford, I, I, you know what? Good for you. I, I love the fact that your programs have wrestling. I'll wear your shirts. I'll, 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 you know, take care of some stories and such, but it's nothing personal. So if I pick against you, or if I pick for you, I, there's nothing, no ulterior motives except for uh, go Gabe Pfizer. That might be the only, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> might be the only, funny. only like reference I've got in there right now. Yeah, and there's definitely there's another Augsburg kid I do not recognize in the in the lineup. Uh, I tell you what, his 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 taking the SATs or ACT and his letter jacket must have been brutal. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean Beck Osterman, I think that's how you say it, and or Schwambach uh, Osterman, uh, he's sitting at the eight seed. So there's a lot of Augsburg here. You know, you could tell they were a young team this year. A lot of unknown names, but if you're at Augsburg, I think uh, they know what they're doing recruiting wise and. You definitely have some talent. So uh, he's sitting at eight. Um, potentially Pretty talented could... on the coaching side too. They actually, uh, yeah, they, they, they they do some teaching in that wrestling room. Yeah, they develop their guys very well, and um, he could be potentially sitting in the quarters against Wagner. So uh, obviously, you know, like I said, once you once you're in this tournament, you make a name for yourself moving forward, ranking wise, seating wise. So just let it rip this weekend. I mean. You know, you've been limited wrestling-wise. Enjoy the opportunity. So moving on, we're finally down to 285. This is a bracket that um, a lot of good guys actually aren't coming. I know for for us, Waynesburg University, Rocky McGeary will not um, be there. You have uh, either Wade Ripple or Max Bishop from Wabash that will not be there. Um, you have Ernst from Wisconsin Lacrosse that will not be there. So there's definitely some talent missing, but there's still some good guys here. Um, sitting at the one, you have Nico Ramirez, who we were talking about earlier from Southern Virginia. Uh, he's just on one of the most unorthodox heavyweights I ever scouted or coached against. <laughs> and then um, also just in general, just 
awkward, unorthodox, but he's a big guy. He likes throws. He runs legs on top. He's very athletic. Um, so he's sitting at one. He had a very, he's a two-time qualifier. He hurt his knee one year. He made the blood round as a freshman. I think he yeah, lost. Yeah, that was uh, that in in Cleveland, and I was yeah, keeping I, an eye on that one because again, I'm, I'm I love the first, so I keep an eye on when these teams get to the blood round. Okay, when was the last time? When was the first time? Right. And being from Virginia, Southern Virginia, let me give you a little history on what I know about Southern Virginia. Uh, was it's pretty much an LDS school. Uh, and it, for years it was known as Southern Seminary. And then I remember they popped up one year at VMI used to run a freshman tournament called the Cadet Invitational. So it was like the freshmen from all the D1 schools. And then you had some guys from like Carson Newman, Division Two, And then Washington and Lee would always send their, their D3 kids in there because at the time that was the only D3 in the state. So you, you'd get this mix. And then one year Southern Virginia showed up and we're like, who the heck is Southern Virginia University? I think it was Southern Virginia College at the time. I think it was SVC. Uh, they had just changed the name, and they they had an NCWA team. There was a club team, and they had some they had some interesting. They had some ringers in there too, from like you know guys that were left over from from BYU or there were. I know a Drew Manning, who was a guy that's been on my show before, was from Centerville up in Northern Virginia. It was a state place where he's the guy that's gone the fit to fat to fit guy the guy that gains a lot of weight and then loses weight. And it's, it's just, he wrestled there and I see this school show up and I'm like, what the heck? And then one of my, one of my friends from high school, uh, she played softball at UVA wise. First time I had a chance, like, okay, I'll you're, this is the closest you're coming to the East, the Eastern part of the state. So I went to Southern Virginia and watched a, an NAIA softball game uh, <laughs> at Southern Virginia. And they were green and black at the time. They've gone through some rebranding The wrestling program got elevated to varsity status uh, you know, Logan Davis has been, been there and it's, it's, it's been a really interesting situation. But yeah. You know, it's just good to see, uh, Southern Virginia getting national recognition. I mean, he's doing a good job. there trying to bring in talent. They've been getting better every year. So it's good. Nico Ramirez and, uh, other people from Southern Virginia are out here getting this exposure. Um, so he's sitting at one, then at two, you have Dominic Wilson. I'll bet. It's actually interesting to see him and, at number two, because I know they have another good heavyweight, uh, Donovan King, and he actually wrestled against uh, Central Michigan's um, stencil, who's really good. You just saw him at the MAC tournament. Uh, yeah, four-time MAC champion, really good. So that King actually threw him to his back. He threw the Central Michigan kid to his back. I think it just made him mad, and then he got reversed and pinned. <laughs> not, not so, so obviously there's some talent there with King. So Wilson got the nod, though, from Olivet. I believe he's a senior, so that could potentially be the reason. I don't know if they had a wrestle-off. Um, he uh, he was close to making nationals last year, and uh, so King's only a sophomore, so maybe that could could have factored in, too. Then you have Reeves of Co. He actually pinned um, the four-seed Brandon from Warburg this year, so he's having a good year at heavyweight. Uh, Brandon's a returning qualifier. You have Espinoza, who uh, – actually is Waynesburg University's Rocky McGeary only D3 uh, collegiate law. So uh, definitely some talent there. He gave Casper uh, all he can handle in the regional semifinals last year. So the top five seeds, there's definitely some firepower there. Um, it would be interesting to see where each guy, how they do. Um, also notable names is Kim from Augsburg. He had a good uh, freshman year there at heavyweight. Was close to making nationals, I believe, out of tough region. And then Raglan's a D1 transfer uh, from Virginia Tech, had a very good year, first year at Averett last year, and he's sitting at nine. So 
Um, I don't know if any other names. So obviously, Wright's a uh, White. I think it's Wright from Loris uh, is the sixteen. He's a returning qualifier as well. Well, Trent so. Raglan transfer from Virginia Tech. Uh, he's uh, New Kent, which is my old district, so the Bay Rivers district there. Okay. New Kent is sitting right, basically between uh, between Newport News and Richmond. So as you get past Williamsburg, if you're familiar with the area, that is that is where New Kent is. They went from being uh, really kind of a just a an, an afterthought, just like Matoaka used to be. Now it's like it's like the Bay Rivers is almost turned upside down, even though my alma mater is still pretty good. But you know, New Kent came up from single A and then Mike Foss got the job. And then there's been a steady stream of predator kids that have, have, that have come from new Kent and then come into new Kent. So uh, it is, and, and Raglan's got Fargo chops. He placed out there. So um, yeah. this is a guy that's, you know, I would, I would expect him to finally start wrestling like it, to be honest with you. I, I know that there were some issues last year uh, with, with one of the, uh, the regional matches and such, but I, I just, he's, I think he's, I think he's better than a nine seed and definitely for sure so yeah um i mean we had some battles with rogan last year and he was a three seed in our region like you said there was some stuff that happened there that unfolded unfortunately for him but you know hopefully he learned from it and he's ready to make some noise uh, you know i think uh two with him he was a transfer to april and he played football as well so with football and wrestling especially at the college level there's there's uh not that much of a break so football actually overlaps into wrestling season so i don't know if he was a little rusty to start i mean obviously he was probably a little rusty to start coming from virginia tech we probably didn't wrestle that much and then he was playing football but you can see towards the end of the year he was peaking uh he actually he because he got tech falled early in the year by nico uh, ramirez from southern virginia and then he beat him in the last duel of the year to help him with his regional seating so you could see that he was he started to make strides and get better week to week and each day so i agree with you there i, I expect Ragland to make some noise out there this weekend um but yeah, this weight uh, is pretty tough, even though there's definitely some talent missing. Um, I'll, I'll, that's throughout the whole, each bracket. There's talent missing in each bracket. But for me, I'm so happy to see this tournament happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's great for the sport, especially for Division Three, because uh, Division One, Division Two, NAI just happened, JUCO, they're all happening. We're the only division not having a national championship. So it's kind of bittersweet, but I'm really happy that these kids are getting the exposure and national recognition and get this kind of tournament to compete and just move forward. You have some closure to this year, at least move forward into next year. Yeah. I just, uh, I feel bad. I mean, it's funny because we look at, it's not funny. It's just, it's, it's amusing to look at the thresholds that came out and of all the sports wrestling had the most participation percentage wise. I know it was I just know. like, uh, that's, that's that the, the, the lesson here is wrestling. We need 250 colleges in division three. We're wrestling that way. We could have hit the 60% and been good right. to go. So we, right. we gotta, we, we gotta double our numbers right now. And well, you know what? <laughs> it's I don't the way we've had growth wise. I mean, let's let, I'm going to let me let me pull up my participation numbers real quick. Cause we can finish go, with a go ahead. Yeah. A, I mean, a plug um, about uh, the growth here. There's a lot of growth. I mean, D3 is the one uh, division where you see women's and men's programs being added, which well, is great for the sport. Well, well to, to be clear, we started the discussion about the NAI to start the day they're doing. I mean, the NAI is also adding, uh, men's and women's wrestling left and right too so we'll That's look at okay so perfect. let's go back in time the so the ncaa started tracking participation of teams in 1981-82 this is pretty much when they absorbed uh they, they finally created women's sports there was the aiaw 
okay. uh, which was a women's organization, like, you know, Old Dominion won a couple of women's basketball titles in the AIAW era. So 81, okay. 82. So we had 149 Division three wrestling teams then. Uh, and there were how many? There were there were 278 Division three schools then. So we've gone from 278 to well over 400 in terms wow. of the number, the, just the number of schools that are Division three. So we've seen reclassification. We've seen dual affiliations. Uh, we got as low as 87 programs in 2012. Uh, we, as of the reporting year for 2019, 2020, there were 108 that competed technically last year. Yeah. I think we're up to 115. I think we had seven more this year. Yep. So we've seen the, that's the highest it's been since 1997 when we had 107. So we are coming back up. Um, yep. Our percentages, that's the one thing, is it the percentage of, let's see if I can find my number here, uh, the percentage of participation with wrestling, we've got, so back in, back in 81, 82, 52% of the Division three wrestling team, schools had wrestling. We're now at 24%, but we were as low as 19. So we've gained 5% more. And remember, we've got 446 Division three members right now. So we're almost well it's not quite an almost double we've gotten probably what a 60 increase i don't know my math mm -hmm. i was told there'd be no math but so looking hmm. at the, the growth in division three uh the numbers are there but we're also seeing you know the, the growth the biggest let's see where's the biggest growth sport i mean soccer i mean men's soccer's got 417 out of 446 sponsoring um uh, just looking at some numbers i mean only did you only 55 percent of division three schools sponsor football so wow. it's, you know, whereas and, and in basketball, that's one where we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, 94% have basketball teams, you know, division one, you've got to have a basketball team to be a division one institution. Right. So football and football and basketball, the money makers, that's for sure. Well, the thing is what we're seeing, like the, the lacrosse numbers have boomed in division three, 70 men's lacrosse teams back in 81, 82, 242 now. So they're over 54%. So we're, we're seeing where the schools are at, where sports are being added. You know, mm -hmm. wrestling has had is 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 gaining momentum, as oh. are some of the other schools. But I mean, it, it doesn't look like wrestling is as behind in Division Three as you know some of the the old. We, we did lose a lot of programs back in that late nineties mm -hmm. era, and then until the issue about hey, bring students to campus, it makes your school money. Right? Oh, you're non scholarship. Yeah, you got that. You can get academic scholarships at these places, but don't let that deter. I mean, we're over a hundred now. Like the NAIA, mm -hmm. for, there's another example. The NAIA, uh, in nineteen in 2000, 2001, no ninety nine two thousand, they had nineteen schools at their national championship. Wow, they had sixty nine last year. That's awesome. So that's great. So we're we're seeing great growth in our in our in our non division one mm -hmm. divisions. Uh, division two. Division two's low was six was thirty eight teams in two thousand three, they were at sixty four last year. That's amazing. So we're gotta seeing keep, the growth. Got to keep doing it. So got to keep doing it. Got to keep growing the sport. And like I said, I'm just really happy this tournament's happening. Uh, I'm glad you're getting to go out there and announce. Um, and it should be a fun event to follow either way. You could, you could say whatever you want, like you said earlier nationals not nationals whatever this is our national tournament this year this is the nwca division three championships out in iowa i'm happy all these kids are getting an opportunity 
and uh, it should be fun to follow. You can follow on Flow Arena, and you can follow at Flow Wrestling. They should be streaming every match. So there's plenty of live streams. That put, uh, I believe they're having limited fans out there, so make sure uh, if you're interested in that, you go check out uh, the website. Uh, the the arena is the Extreme Arena, I believe, right? Right, and I will tell you, I've, I've been in that building. Uh, this will be the third time already because okay. the USA Wrestling was there and then the, the Hawkeye Showdown. So the area, if you are familiar, so it's right off the highway. So if you are staying there, there's a Marriott there. There's a couple new hotels. They're building a lot there. The Extreme Arena is across. It's, you know, I, I, I'm a craft beer guy. Well, if you are a craft beer guy too, there's a spot across the street that you're not going to be disappointed. And then there's Back Pocket Brewing right down, down the block that you're not going to be disappointed. So uh, I am, I, I'm a fan of that location. Uh, the facility is amazing. The lights is great. The sight lines are good. It is the perfect size. Um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they can make a run for uh, the, the NCAA division three championships uh, in the future when we get back to normal here, but it is a great place for wrestling. Uh, it has got, and for the teams, you have a giant field house that you can warm up in next door. So I, this awesome. is this is one of these facilities that I feel like well Iowa volleyball plays their home home matches there. This is this this is a home for wrestling. The Iowa girls state championships not yet sanctioned by their state, but the the Iowa Wrestling Coach Association girls state tournament was there. Extreme Arena is a first class facility, and I'll say this: the the CVB the Sports Commission, uh, you know, you got Josh Schamberger and Luke Eustis is a name you know if you follow wrestling. They they're working to get wrestling events there. And the problem is, is now they want to get more wrestling events in there, but their calendars filled up because of how much demand there is for this facility. So those of you who are making the trip are not going to be disappointed in the extreme arena and Coralville as, as a host. It's basically Iowa city. So uh, yeah. there's, there's like really, said, it's, yeah. it's, it's a wrestling town. Hopefully, you know, they did the, they did the socially distancing thing pretty well for the senior open. So yeah. um, I didn't hear any complaints necessarily about staff or anything like that. Hounding people about, you know, following the rules. We made the announcements, of course. We we expect you to wear your mask, et cetera. But yeah, it's a great facility, and I think those of you who are going to be able to go, and we're going to have this this really re this tournament for the kids. This is what it's about. It's this is for sure. It's for the kids more than anything. It's it's also why, like, yeah, like I got asked, I'm like, absolutely, because I love Division Three wrestling, and I and I know well, we just, appreciate it. Yeah, I feel like we this really is something needs to be done. Your coverage always and. Uh, have a great trip out there. Unfortunately, I will not be able to make the trip out, but you can you can say hi to my brother for me and enjoy it. And wrestling fans, um, it's going to be great for Division Three wrestling. So I appreciate you hopping on the preview, Jason, and have safe travels out there. And I always appreciate the support and coverage you do for Division Three wrestling.